0: The month of October marks LGBTQ History Month, an annual observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer history.
1: A history lesson. In 1994, Missouri high school history teacher Rodney Wilson came out to his history class during a lesson on the Holocaust. Shortly after, Wilson sought to create a curriculum for educators to better instruct their students about gay history.
0: Since then, LGBTQ History Month has evolved and expanded to educate the public on the achievements and legacy of history's LGBTQ leaders, representing a civil rights statement about the contribution of the
1: community. The spirit of LGBTQ History Month culminates on October 11th with National Coming Out Day as we embrace those who are choosing to share or reaffirm their identity. National
0: Coming Out Day encompasses a number of experience as coming out is unique to everyone.
1: Coming Out Day acknowledges and celebrates folks who are out and proud, those who are questioning coming out, and people who are in the process of coming out.
0: Additionally, National Coming Out Day emphasizes that some LGBTQ plus people are out in some places, but not others or cannot come out due to the fear of their safety.
1: According to a report from the Trevor Project, the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ plus young people, COVID-19 has had serious implications for the mental health of LGBTQ youth.
0: The physical distancing required throughout the pandemic separated many LGBTQ people from their support systems. In some cases, physical distancing created unintended negative consequences related to being confined to an environment that may be unsupportive or even abusive.
1: In order to further understand the unique adversities faced by LGBTQ people during the COVID 19 pandemic, we spoke with Julia Barrera, a fourth year feminist studies major and Rob Writing Fellow here on UCSB campus.
0: Julie explained their lack of community during the initial quarantine, as well as their living situation with their parents.
2: It was definitely interesting. My roommate is like my best friend from high school. So we kind of like live down the street from each other, but we never could see each other like at all. Like she was really paranoid. I mean, she got COVID as well. So she was, you know, really careful about that. She's also part of the LGBTQ community and kind of being like At a distance was kind of really hard because, like, for me, at least, you know, in my environment, it was sort of like half good and half bad. (laughs) That makes sense. One half of my parents knows that I'm in the community and half doesn't. I don't know if other people have had this um, experience, but sort of being in the same room with both of them, like talking in code so one knows what I'm talking about and the other one doesn't, mostly to kind of maintain my sanity and like try to feel that sense of community it was just being online all the time on social media obviously like messaging my friends like we would do zoom where i would you know go in my room because like my room was like my safe place like my dad has never i don't think he's been in my room in years so i kind of going in there putting on my headphones so, like no one can hear what the like my friends are saying and that kind of thing. And also with my classes, like feminist studies, I mean, there's a lot of LGBTQ studies stuff going on.
1: Julia continued to describe a tornness, enduring bigoted slurs without any defense.
2: I think it was near the beginning of the pandemic in the spring because I actually ended up doing an assignment on it because I was so like, you know, I wanted to write about it. Um, like my dad again was feeling spicy he was decided to throw out a bunch of slurs and whatever. My mom loves me and she knows everything about me. And I tell her everything, but she's doesn't want him to know because she's afraid of what's going to happen with her family. And, um, and she didn't say anything. And I think what I wanted in that moment was for her to not defend me because like that would reveal like what was going on, but kind of say anything, say something. Like this is insane. Like my mom's not homophobic. You know what I mean? And like, fact, she's married to someone. Like that's like, why wouldn't you say anything? Like that's messed up. Like why are you saying that? You know, whatever. Ah, uh, but she didn't, and it was like it was so. It was like almost heartbreaking to me, because I just kind of spent the rest of the night, like, kind of curled up, like. You know, like, what is this? Like, you know, what is my life? Like, this is literally like, you know, my mom's like not going to even try to, like, defend me. And I understand it's not because she agrees with him or something. It's more just like she's afraid that she doesn't want, she wants her family to stay together and doesn't want anything to change. But that was, it, it was a lot. Julia
0: also shared how they came to understand their gender identity during the pandemic. Something that further complicated their living situation.
2: I identify as non binary. um, And it just kind of almost snuck up on me a little bit during the pandemic. I think it was like in January of like 2020, 2021. um, I was like kind of online, and, you know, people are, there were a lot of other people that were kind of, you know, trying to understand like where kind of their gender was situated, especially like at home when you're not essentially performing for anybody. You're not, you know, going anywhere. You're just sort of stuck there with your thoughts and whatever. And so I, you know, I felt more and more sort of like neutral, you know? And I, I remember just kind of, you know, Googling stuff and like trying to process it because I think, you know, and I think other people in my situation would agree is that gender is so much more polarizing and intense than sexuality um for a lot of people because it's just so people are so subscribed to it they're so you know it's it's more definitive I feel like of you know who you are um and so that was really it was really difficult for me to like get a hold of it and I didn't really know where it was going you know I remember telling my mom she was like you know always going you know oh, I'm so open. And like, I accept everybody. And you know, I'm your mom and whatever. And when I told her, you know, I I didn't even tell her, like, and, you know, I, I now like identify as this, I was just like, mom, I, you know, I think I want to try, you know, she, they pronouns, like, I think that that might be like, you know, a good thing for me. And she was like, oh, no. And I remember just like, feeling so it it was kind of like being stabbed it was you know I was like you know I'm not like you know she was like oh I just want you to be my daughter and I was like well I don't know what I don't know what you want me to tell you because you know it was really hurtful and you know I made sure to tell her because I think initially when I came out to her before like you know as queer or whatever she was You know, also hesitant, but I didn't kind of say anything to her, but this time I was like, you're hurt Like you're hurting me like you're like it's not your place to tell me, you know, because like she wanted to really Center her own comfort. And I think a lot of parents do that where it's like, you know, you need to give me time to process. It was tumultuous. I mean, there's, you know, a couple of nights where I was like, what am I doing? My mom came around, but I feel like she still is. I have to check her on stuff. You know, i am got more, you know, I don't feel like a woman and, you know, I feel like it, like, I don't, you know, I feel like it kind of hurts her feelings, but I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to get with it, get with it, you know?
1: For many LGBTQ plus people, community is essential. Having returned to campus for the fall quarter, Julia shares their excitement in the upcoming year.
2: It's nice to like be back on campus and to like be able to meet all kinds of people and you know, meet my people. <laughs> um, and like especially this year, it's like, you know, all of my really big projects and things that I'm invested in are LGBTQ based, um, especially in their people oriented. So I'm gonna I'm excited because I, you know, I get to meet and talk to a lot of people, um, and kind of use that. I, I think, as you said, like before, is like, use that almost like, as like a healing process and like a getting to know myself process even more because, you know, kind of, I didn't have that experience I mean, especially, you know, being like non-binary since like March. I mean, this was so long ago, but also very short time is, but I've never like, got to gone to meet anybody who's like in my community. I mean, not even my friends. So it's it's really exciting.
0: For the first time in over a year, LGBTQ plus students are returning to UCSB. To better understand community here on campus, Daniel and I spoke with Sky Limone, program coordinator at the Resource Center for Sexuality and Gender Diversity. And Jordan Levine, our CSGD outreach coordinator.
1: For students who are unaware, maybe returning to campus for the first time, what is the resource center?
3: That's a great question. It is a physical center that people can go to on campus now that we're um, back and open again, which is really cool. In terms of what we have in the center, we have free safe sex supplies for people to come and grab discreetly also. tampons and pads and things like that. We also have queer and trans based novels and academic books that people can check out with one of our lovely office assistants. Also on our website, you can find a lot of resources that the RCSG connects with on campus. Um, So we also do resource referrals to people who need it. I mean when it comes down to it we're really just like a safe space on campus for queer and trans people to come to
4: so our, our lounge is uh, pretty small but it's very mighty um our students are welcome to come by the lounge and you know in between classes to just hang out or use it as a nice study space as jordan was saying we do have uh, a printing lab we have uh i think three to five uh desktop Macs that are available for students to use so if you're on campus and you forget your laptop or you need a computer to use you can come Uh, use computer here and print for free. We also have a snack station that we collaborate with basic needs. So if you are also hungry, you can grab snacks. Uh, Because of the pandemic, we do ask people to keep your mask on and eat the snacks outside of the SRV. But it's, yeah, all in all, it's it's a great place to hang out with community. We also have buttons, uh, pronoun buttons and limited edition buttons. And so those are really uh, a great catch for our center too.
0: I know that both of you are new to the whole RCSG experience, but either through like your own personal experience or the stories you've heard from other people who've been in it longer, has the RCSG helped people come to terms
4: with their identity? Uh, I can actually talk from both sides, from a staff member and a former uh, student slash alumni. I was in school at UCSB from 2010 to 2014. Um, and the RCCD personally helped me um, a lot with really confiding in people who understood me and who supported me. I was not out in high school, um, I wasn't even out in college for the first year or two just to really close friends, and I was also having sort of identity um, issues and trying to figure myself out and trying to explore my orientation. And I know that our society was instrumental in helping me feel like I was welcome, helping me feel supported and giving me the resources that I needed to understand myself, my community, It wasn't until i got to college that i realized that there was other people who were like me Um, i thought i was the only one um growing up in a in a latinx community um that was homophobic um and transphobic and so uh it was quite uh, eye-opening but also a huge relief to know that there was a center on campus that um that did that back then and i believe that we we continue to do that now
3: i'm from simi valley so i don't know if either of you know but it's kind of like a little little conservative town near Ventura. But I didn't realize the significance of being surrounded by other queer and trans people until I came to UCSB. Um and it almost felt like I just like opened this Pandora's box of like yeah. family and like having people welcome me and accept me in. Um and I've already seen that now working at the rcsgd even though it's only been a few weeks um i was tabling yesterday in the arbor um so if you're ever walking through the arbor you'll see me there at the table with flyers um kind of just spreading the word about the rcsgd um and i ran into someone that i knew two years ago so pre-covid um and they came up to me and they had gone through like a discovery experience of their own identity Um, and they just said that they were very thankful that like the RCSG existed because it kind of helped them figure out their own identity and so seeing like because I haven't seen this person in two years so seeing them now and seeing them so brave and out and comfortable with themselves it was just amazing.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome to hear. The resource center essentially is bringing together a community of LGBTQ plus queer individuals and providing that space. We have national coming out day. We will also be incorporating a photo booth into that space.
3: If you would uh, explain that a little bit more for our listeners. So I think I actually came to Sky with the idea of wanting to do something for a National Coming Out Day. And we played with a few ideas at first. We just thought it was a really cool way to kind of, especially now in the age of social media, of being able to like document people when they're coming out. And so uh, with the photo booth, we're going to use a hashtag called hashtag pride Your Way. Um, And that hashtag is, all, is on all of our flyers and stuff. So when you come to the photo booth or you're seeing advertisements for it, um, like on the RCSGD's Instagram or uh, Facebook or things like that, you'll be able to use that hashtag. And people can come, like I said, it's going to be open all week. Uh, so the RCSGD opens at nine in the morning um, and the photo booth will be open until closing that day. But you can come any day and there's going to be little like photo booth props people can use. Um, they'll have pronouns uh, written on little like uh, chalkboard material type things so people can hold up their own pronouns.
4: I just want to say something real quick about National Coming Out Day. It's more than reminding people that we aren't straight or cis. Uh, coming out is one of our powers to show people that we belong and that we exist in community and in resilience. And that coming out as LGBTQ plus people uh, still matters today because... People who personally know somebody who's LGBTQ plus, um, is more likely to be supportive of equality of our human rights. Um, and so, not only are our stories powerful for society, but they're also powerful within our own community because we give one, one another strength to really be our authentic selves and um, share our collective pain, our collective joys, and our collective triumphs. And so, Uh, We also want to understand that this power isn't attainable by everybody. Not everyone has a privilege to be out uh, because it can threaten their safety or their life or their livelihood. Um, So we want to let those folks know that even if you can't be out, uh, this is your community and we hold the space and the power for you until you are ready and able to come out. We will always be ready to embrace you as you are and as you come. Um, So this is why we want to include the hashtag Pride Your Way because pride looks differently in so many ways and not everybody can be out and proud.
1: I just wanted to, you know, take the moment wrapping up here to thank you so much for, you know, sharing your experiences, sharing this information that's so valuable. Where can we find you in regards to social media, whether it be URL?
4: We do have weekly reoccurring events. We have empowerment hours for trans folks and QDBIPOC folks. Uh, We also have gender non-conforming and non-binary Uh, talks on Wednesdays, so those are just reoccurring. Each week is a different topic, so those are closed discussions for those specific identities. We also have another reoccurring um, event called Identities, where it's also another uh, discussion-based space. Um, But the best way to connect with us and know about our events is through social media and Jordan can um, list those handles and definitely through Shoreline. If you haven't already added yourself to our group, definitely add yourself so you can receive our newsletter and stay in the loop with all of our events.
3: Yeah, that's the first thing I was going to promote um, Shoreline in that newsletter because we do, if you're if you're listening and you are signed up for our newsletter, you know that we send out weekly emails with events that we're doing or um, education seminars that we're having or, uh, like Sky mentioned, the QTPOC and Trans Empowerment Hours. Um, uh, and then going into social media, our Instagram is rcsgd.ucsb. Um, Our main website is rcsgd.sa.ucsb.edu, and I was pulling up our Twitter right now because I just want to make sure I get um, the handle correct. Um, It is at UCSB underscore rcsgd. Thank you to
1: Julia Barrera, Sky Limon, and Jordan Levine for their time and sharing their experiences.
0: With KCSB News, I'm Grace Kish.
1: And I'm Danielle Wasillas.
0: And happy National Coming Out Day.